Welcome to the Digital Marketing Podcast, brought to you by TargetInternet.com. Hello and welcome back to the Digital Marketing Podcast. My name is Kieran Rogers. And I'm Daniel Rolls. And today, Daniel, we've got an interesting episode. We're going to be talking about testing everything. And I'm excited about this episode because we've actually got one of our listeners who uh, got in touch and actually um, kind of inspired this whole episode, actually, by sharing some of his experience following our our shout out a few podcasts ago for those who are listening. And yeah, I thought it was a really, really interesting uh, insight that he's provided us. And we just thought it'd be really good to just explore this a little bit before we go into that interview. So let's put it in context, first of all. So we are going to talk about uh, A-B testing and multivariate testing, of which I will define both in just a moment what they really are. But let me put it in context. So A-B testing is obviously trying different content against each other to see which one works better, whether that is email subject lines or landing pages on your website or what we'll explore later on looking at Facebook ads. But the key thing here is to realize that we know nothing. And essentially that you do need to test everything because you need to look at challenging our assumptions about things. Can I can I do a quote from Game of Thrones? I thought this was coming when I you said... You know nothing, that. John Snow. Yeah, I was expecting yeah. that. So the, the reality is that, if I give an example, it puts it in context. You create two sign-up forms on your website. And this is a real-world example. And they're trying to collect email data. And on one of them, you've put the form and then you think to yourself, do you know what? If we put a security certificate on that form, people are going to trust filling in the form or know that we're a secure website and they're going to be more likely to fill in the form, which is actually a perfectly logical logical bit of uh, best practice. It is best practice to do that. So you go, well, I'm going to do an A-B test and prove that's the case. Now, in most cases, you probably wouldn't even bother doing the A-B test. You would go, this is best practice. I am going to do it. So on this particular website in question, they went through, they put the certificate on there but they did it as an a b test and they tested it out and what they actually found is that the certificate version of the page versus the version of the page with no certificate on it uh the one with the certificate got 12 and a half percent less people filling it in wow because what happened is you go to the page you see certificate you start thinking about trust and you think well maybe i shouldn't be putting my email address everywhere maybe i won't bother filling this mm. form in so it's completely counterintuitive and that's why we need to do testing to prove everything you will find that everyone in every organization, is an expert in at least two things. One of them is copywriting, because anyone you give some copy, they will rewrite it, and go, oh, you should just change it to this. And everyone is an expert in web design, because you show them a website, and they go, oh, you should do that bit there in blue, and that should be a title, and so on. And it takes the subjectivity out of things. That's the the key thing. So removing subjectivity is important. Let's um, let's just define a little bit A-B testing versus multivariate testing. So A-B testing may actually be A, B, C, D, E testing. Bear in mind, it doesn't mean you're just doing two versions, but you're taking an original version and then you're testing something against it, normally using uh, a system online to do that. And you might not test on your entire audience, but you might say 20% of your audience, give one version 10%, one version 10%, and then see which one works best. And then you can decide to, to show that to the rest of your audience should you want to. Multivariate testing, slightly different. 
multivariate testing, for example, you could take five versions of the heading, two versions of the text, six versions of the image, mix them up, spew out different versions of that web page, and then decide which version of that web page is working better. Uh, most of these tools will do the statistical analysis for you to work out what is statistically significant and what's not, rather than leaving that to you, but they help you kind of automate this process. Now, talking of tools, there has been a change in Google Analytics. Mm, yeah, so um, notice this a while ago. For any of you that have sort of looked at kind of multivariate testing, or A-B testing, I should say, there was a lovely little tool once upon a time called Google Content Experiments, which was all part of analytics and enabled you to set up some variation uh, testing. It wasn't true multivariate testing, no, it was, though. It yeah, was just A-B testing, mm. and it was under the behaviour reports in Google Analytics. And down the bottom, it said content experiments, and you could do some A-B testing. Now, it's still there. I should say it's still actually there. But when you go in now, it'll actually say this is not the preferred way of doing A-B tests by Google anymore. This feature is being depreciated. And actually, uh, there is a new tool called Google Optimize. And for those of you listening who maybe have some content experiments data within Google Analytics, don't panic because it will still be there. If you've got existing experiments still running there, they're still there. But they're very much wanting to kind of move away from that older tool into one that actually does do the full nine yards and, and really enables you to, to run multivariate testing with a high degree of automation. And I, I think what's amazing is that they're, you know, this isn't just a Google Premium Analytics feature. This is something that they're offering to everybody, which is, is great. So if you want to find it, if you go into Google Analytics, you're logged in, uh, top right-hand corner, you will normally find the little grid icon which shows which other tools you have available. You click on that and it will give you things like Tag Manager, uh, Google Surveys, which is fantastic as well, which I'm going to talk about in just a second. And then you'll find you know, the optimized tool as well. Now, Google Surveys. You've got a good story about this. Yeah, and I'm intrigued because I don't know. Don't yeah, well, know it's, just, it's just a way of testing assumptions. So you can go to Google surveys, you can build a survey like you would in SurveyMonkey or any of the other tools as well, but you can deploy it, and SurveyMonkey, I should say, does this as well now, but you can choose an audience you want to target. So I would go through and say, I want to target people in the UK that have the word marketing in their job, for example. So marketing managers, marketing directors, all those kind of people, digital marketers. Now, what, what happened is on, on Target Internet, where we sell our e-learning, um, online training stuff, I realized when we were building the direct to individual offering so if you're not aware we have this kind of b2b offering we've done for a long time and we came along and said look we're going to let people sign up for this individually stick a credit card in and they can get access to that and we said to ourselves what's a good price point so we looked at the competition uh, and we worked out you know 25 to 50 pounds a month kind of fitted in with the competition so we said okay let's let's set it at 25 pounds a month and then I had an argument with myself and said, well, actually, why, why wouldn't, if it's 25 to 50, why would we go the low end? We're better off selling at 50 pounds a month than selling half as much and getting just as much money. So where should we really go? So all we did is we went out to this, this kind of tool to Google surveys and said, if you were paying for an online training resource, and we kind of described the, the service a bit, how much would be a, a, a reasonable price to pay for it? And we put a load of price brackets in. And everyone came in and said, uh, £25 is great. Now, <laughs> now they would say that, obviously, because cheaper is better than more expensive. But what it made me realise is it made it a bit of a no-brainer. And we wanted to build numbers initially as well. So we said, OK, well, we'll, we'll kind of start at that point. Now, there's lots of argument about pricing where people will disagree with me now. And they say you should never start at a lower price. You should start higher because then you can half your price and all those kind of things. I can see people listening to this, shaking their fist at all yeah, their phones. Right. Yeah, right. But my, my reality is we said, OK, well, what we're going to do, we're going to go in. 
and that that's what people liked as a price point so that's what we kind of started but it, it just it made me sure we weren't plucking it out of thin air which is exactly what we had done initially mm. and it goes back to the point they're all experts in something and normally it's our own business oh we know exactly how it works and how it should be done but we're not really thinking from a customer centric point of view or making making assumptions about our customers so I think Google surveys is a nice way of, again, of testing everything and taking some of that subjectivity out of the mix a little bit as well. I think at this point also it's, it's, it's worth mentioning our customers in, in many respects because actually, you know, what, there's a degree that you do know about your customers and certainly, you know, systems like Google Analytics have helped with this massively. But they do tend to look at everybody en masse and, and in that with that kind of 10,000-foot view, you lose a lot of the, the, the detail. And we've, we've recently been spending some time actually analysing how people are actually using the web pages and interacting with individual web pages, and it's absolutely fascinating. You know, you would never get these kind of insights from uh, your analytics reports because they're looking at everything in aggregate. But when you start going through you know, maybe five or ten different users' actual journeys on the website, you start to see the power of multivariate testing and in in actually your customers, when you look at analytics at that, that level, show you different variations and different, you know, they're, they're all using the same pages, but they're actually all using them in different ways. And analytics won't necessarily tell you that. You sort of have to, and I know I bang on about this all the time, I'm really sorry, but you have to walk in your customer's shoes. And there are tools out there that, that enable you to do that really, really effectively. So we're using Hotjar on the website which allows us to record user sessions and then play them back and it is amazing when you watch it back actually seeing where people are misunderstanding things they're really not making the assumptions that you thought they would and so on as well and what's really interesting about this is that analytics makes us forget a key principle of usability and one of the things that i always preach about in usability is if you do even informal usability testing uh, a lot of the stats show that if you get five people doing the same thing so you ask five people to carry out the same task, you will probably identify 85% of the problems of your website. So five people doing the same thing, identifying 85% of the problems of your website. And that completely holds true. But then what happens is we look at analytics in aggregate and we miss all these individual problems. So actually, when I've showed people Hotjar, it just records what people are doing on your website. They say, well, this must be quite time-consuming. It is, but it's it's hugely valuable because you sit there and go, oh, okay, they did that. That person a minute ago did that as well. Right, we need to change that. So then you go on and say, I think we should change this. Then you can A-B test it, and then you're in a really nice path of improving things for your actual customers rather than groups of customers. But it's sort of another way to it, isn't it, rather than actually, you know, you have customers doing multiple things on your website yeah. all of the time. So it's, it's kind of, I guess that's why I mention it, it is kind of, multivariate testing of, 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 of a fashion. The other point that I wanted to make on that is that you may, the more eagle-eyed amongst you may have noticed that when you visit the Target Internet website, which is targetinternet.com, uh, there's a little orange feedback tab on, on all of the, the blog posts and, and public-facing pages. And I'd encourage you all to use that because do you know what? If you want to get a message to us about something that doesn't quite work right or something that you found frustrating, fill it out and I will be all over it. I will be on it like a bonnet because I'm monitoring those all the, all the time. And actually, it's great to get to get your feedback because actually, you know, we want to make the website better. and We do want to make sure you're giving a good experience. So please, please make use of that and give us some feedback. Yeah, and I think it's, it's important, actually, just from a business point of view, if you're going to have a feature like that, you get back to people fairly quickly as well. 
Because otherwise people have this real feeling there's no point filling those in because no one's looking at it anyway and no one's going to do anything about it. And actually, all you do, even if you've got a problem, is you build a personal relationship all of a sudden because someone said there's a problem, you're going to go and fix it, they like you a bit more, and it actually is a positive part of the user experience as well. So, we have an interview. Yeah, so I, what's interesting, so this is a listener called Kurtiman. Kurtiman got in touch with us from India. I got very excited. I knew, I knew we had it, listeners in India, but we'd never spoken to any before. And um, basically, when we put a shout out to say if anybody's got anything you know, fun they've been working on that they'd like to share, Kurtiman got straight back in touch. And he works for one of India's largest gadget research websites. And um, they've run some really interesting stuff, kind of reviewing different gadgets and stuff. And what, what he's done is he's applied multivariate testing effectively to his Facebook advertising. And I think the insights that he's got are really, really interesting. It's a really interesting case study uh, that I think everybody should listen into. So uh, without further ado, here's the interview. Hello and welcome back to the Digital Marketing Podcast. My name is Kieran Rogers and I'm excited today because we've got something a bit different for you. Uh, and a few podcasts ago, we put out a shout asking people to get in touch if they had anything they thought other listeners might like to, to hear about. And we have one such person on the line today, all the way from India uh, via Skype. Um, and his name is Kurtiman. Hello, hello Kurtiman. Hi, Kieran. How are you? I'm all right. And uh, Kurtiman, you're a you're a podcast listener how did you come yes how did you come to to find out about the the podcast so i've been a podcast listener since the last few months actually so i when i uh, travel for work i drive around four hours a day and uh, i used to listen to a lot, of, a lot of music earlier but now i've started utilizing my time to listen to podcasts and i listened to a lot of podcasts earlier but i found your part podcast particularly very relevant to the work i do so I've been a fan since then, and I've been regularly listening to podcasts since then. Fantastic. Well, thank you so much for getting in touch. I, I suppose, really, we should start by you know, encouraging you to introduce yourself, really. So tell, tell me your, your full name and, um, and what you do. So my name is Kirti Mankoholi, and I'm a digital marketing manager with almost five years of expertise in social media marketing, performance marketing, growth hacking, and e-commerce. So currently, I'm working with 91 Mobiles. Okay. And tell me more about 91 Mobiles. What sort of work do they do they do? What sort of content do they work with? So 91 Mobiles is India's largest gadget research website. And along with 91 Mobiles, uh, we also have a property by the name of Killer Features. So collectively, we do a lot of technology content, focusing on a lot of latest smartphones, all the gadgets, and everything that goes around in the technology space all around the world. With Killer Features, what we're trying to do is we're trying to promote a different take on technology, which is not, uh, which does not include all the nitty-gritties. It's more of the lifestyle angle of technology, focusing on the coolest gadgets, the latest trends in automobiles, cutting-edge innovations, and new media trends. Great. And the, the thing that you and I got, got chatting about was some of the challenges you were facing with your social media advertising and trying to find ways of actually getting that to, to, to work. Can you just share with us what the challenge was there? So we started Killer Features uh, around... 10 months back. Uh, and so we started early on, we started uh, spending a little money on a few social media channels to get uh, readers to a blog. So with a small budget, uh, we used to get a great CPC, we, we used to uh, get users, relevant users, who used to engage a lot at a lower price. But after a while, when we wanted to scale this, the CPC went up exponentially. So uh, 
trying to get a large large number of people coming to the website, a large traffic at a lower CPC wasn't possible after a while. So we couldn't control the CPC on a large scale. I think that's a problem a lot of people have. You know, when you first start out, your cost per click at a smaller scale can be can be quite reasonable. But with a lot of these platforms, as you try and push a message out to a much, much wider audience, uh, so because it's less targeted, the, the costs can escalate quite quite quickly and suddenly it doesn't seem like the you know one size fits all fix it solution that uh, everybody keeps you know telling you that um, all these different platforms are so so how did you uh, respond to this what what sort of things did you did you try and 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 what were the solutions you found that worked so to counter this we tried a lot of techniques we tried experimenting with a lot of audiences we uh, tried doing retargeting tried interest-based targeting a lot of audiences and along with that we also did a lot of experiments with the packaging Mm -hmm. of the content trying a lot of different images a lot of different headliners uh, short form long form trying to see what works we also approached a few guys from all around the world who had a few social media tools and few experts but nothing gave us any sustainable results so what was the sort of breakthrough moment within the campaigns when you started to get to get results so uh, i had a bit of background from the product side as well and uh, we did a lot of ab testing but that was only restricted uh, to a lot of elements on the website but we didn't uh, we never tried ab testing for social media or any of the content that we did so I came across a, a tool by the name of Ad Espresso. And Ad Espresso basically is a Facebook ad management tool which helps you uh, run a lot of A-B tests on all the posts that you do on your social media, Facebook particularly. And with that, you can create multiple variations of the same ad. And uh, you can just put a few headliners, put a few images across, and the tool does the rest. Okay. And what was the overall effect on your results of, of, of doing this? It's interesting that you sort of started to see some success using uh, A-B testing on your ads rather than necessarily on your landing pages. So what we did is rather than spending more money on the same post, we divided the same content into various variations. So each content had, let's say, five uh, image posts and five headlines, uh, five images and five headlines, and you multiply that it's 25 variations altogether and after running all those variations with small budgets in the next 24 hours reaching 500,000 people per variation we could know that to what variation is the audience responding and what is yielding better engagement and best results at a lower CPC and as soon as we got that in the next 24 hours we started spending more money on the variations that were performing better were there big variations in, in the results? So over a period of time, we started uh, uh, having a few learnings. We, we carved out a few trends for us. So the first big trend that we saw was that shorter headlines with good numbers, with hard-hitting numbers and stats used to work a lot. And good-looking HD images work a lot. So rather than having a basic image that doesn't tell a lot of story, having a good HD image of the product that you're trying to promote or the content, a relevant image for that content works a lot. Really? And actually having it in high definition made a difference? Yes, it did. And also uh, what we did is we created a small library of images which we could repurpose on a consistent basis to derive better results. Great. And 
So in terms of the results that you got, can we break your learnings down into a bit of a formula? Is there sort of a step-by-step approach that others could try out? Because I'm, I'm conscious that obviously that worked for, for your audience who are sort of primarily a, a tech-based audience. But I think it's great to try and break these things down into a little bit of, of a formula based on, on what you kind of learned. So, uh, in essence, uh, people come on Facebook to break the monotony, to read something which is interesting, uh, which invites some sort of engagement. So, having smaller headlines and looking images worked a lot for us. And what, uh, what I would advise is people from other industries, they could take uh, this tool. It's a very, it's not a very expensive tool to have. So create a few variations of the headlines, discuss it internally within the team that what different variations can you have for the same content or maybe of the same product if you're selling uh, for the headline and for the image of the images, create a few variations there. And it's better to get all the relevant learnings yourself. And over a period of time, maybe a month or two months time, you can get all the learnings you want. So tell me a bit more about AdExpresso. You know, how much did that contribute to, to what you were doing? So when we started with AdExpresso, we started with a very basic plan, doing a very few campaigns. But with, over time, the results were so phenomenal that we've shifted all, though we don't have a lot of paid traffic, we, a lot of traffic is organic. But we focused a lot of, most of the paid traffic uh, coming from AdExpresso as well. We can, we've taken our traffic up to 5x with just a marginal increase in CPC. Really? Five times? Five times, yes. And not taking a hit on the cpc much right okay and i guess that's you know one of the real powers of you know paid for platforms there organic's great but you do tend to reach people that you you reach by by its very nature but i guess with the the paid for platforms you can start experimenting with targeting and different audiences and reaching new audiences so it's a great way of just introducing yourself and what you offer to to you know huge huge new segments of, of the marketplace yes, and- and one great uh, thing that paid gives you is, uh, for example, if you're trying to promote a new product or maybe some new segment of content that you want to promote, your and your old audience might not be the most relevant audience. So you can take that content and promote it to the new users or that kind of users that you want to promote the content to and extend the reach. Fantastic. So what, what do you think you're going to be tackling next now that you've sort of got some of this success under your belt? So the next battle that uh, we have is to scale the organic community that we have on all the social media platforms and to derive more, more engagement. Well, Kurtiman, thanks so much for giving us an insight into what you've been up to. Uh, if any of you are listening out there and you've had campaigns that have been uh, successful or giving surprising results, please do get in touch. We always love to, to hear about what, what you're all up to and how you're achieving what you do. Thank you so much. for listening to another episode of the digital marketing podcast brought to you by target internet if you'd like to get more information on the show get hold of back issues of this podcast or get details on any of the links we mentioned please visit our website at www.targetinternet.com if you've enjoyed the show we would love to read your feedback please rate us in itunes or even better write us a review or if you have any questions please get in touch we'd love to help